0: Welcome to Money in the Market. I'm Hong Bin Jung. Stock markets have slid in the past several weeks after hitting all time highs earlier with the surge in global oil prices, higher interest rates, U.S. bond yields, and the dollar contributing to fresh risks in financial markets. And October is actually historically a very volatile month. And it's a spooky month for investors as some are nervous to enter this month due to some large historical market crashes that have occurred in the past during this particular month, which some call it the October effect. So as we kickstart this new month, where are markets headed? Will the October effect prove to be in effect once again this year, or will this October be different? Well, joining me on the phone today is Danish Lim, who's a market analyst at Philip Nova. Danish, welcome back to the show.
1: Well, hi. Uh, thanks for having me.
0: Okay, Danish, as I mentioned earlier in the intro, it's apt that October, which is a month associated with all things horror, is one of the scariest months for the stock market. And I mean, as we get into to the depths of autumn and the weather gets gloomier so too does sentiment on wall street and not to mention there's the so-called october effect a phenomenon where investors expect stocks to nosedive at some point during this month so danish we're in the first few days into this spooky month how are things looking so far from how we ended in september are we set for another high volatility this month
1: well so far Things don't really look that much different from September. Mm-hmm. Major U.S. indices actually saw quite a decline last night after job openings data came mm. in higher than expected, which supports the Fed's higher for longer rate hike narrative, as well as increases as well as it increases the risk of another rate hike this year.
2: Mm. Uh,
1: interestingly, the Dow Jones also actually turned negative year-to-date last night. Mm. There's also probably some lingering risk of sentiment being carried over from September, Mm. which was actually the worst month of 2023 for both the Nasdaq as well as the S&P 500. Uh So I do think that things will remain volatile in October, especially as it looks like markets and investors are finally coming to terms with the reality that interest rates will be staying higher for longer.
0: Uh, I see. I see. But I mean, we can't miss out the point that this month actually started on good news with a last minute deal to avoid that government shutdown over in the U.S. Seeing traders let out a big sigh of relief on trading floors. But it's only it seems like it's only a temporary lifting of one of the clouds hanging over the markets now. And it looks like there are more market stresses ahead, including, you know, auto workers strike and energy Prices continuing to soar and, of course, as you mentioned, interest rate hikes. And those shocks added with other powerful forces at work on the economy. Some say could be enough to tip the U.S. in particular into a downturn as early as this year. So Danish, do you see a recession hitting the U.S. as still likely and you know coming soon?
1: Yes, uh, I do think a recession will hit the U.S. But the difficult part is predicting the uh-huh. severity of it as well as when it will actually happen. Uh, I believe that investors are probably being overly optimistic when it actually comes to predicting a soft landing. Because based on historical data, uh, out of 11 tightening mm -hmm. cycles from way back in 1965 up to 2022, uh, a soft landing has only happened once. Mm -hmm. And that was way back in 1995. And at that time, the yield curve was never inverted, unlike Mm -hmm. how it is right now. And as we all know, an inverted yield curve is probably one of the most widely used indicators of a recession. Mm -hmm. So although a soft landing and avoiding a recession is possible, I think there are good reasons to think otherwise. And uh, it would be better for investors to err on the side of caution, especially given the lagged impact of monetary tightening. Mm -hmm. We really aren't sure when the full cumulative impact of about 525 basis points of rate hikes Mm. will start to bite the economy.
0: Mm, Okay, okay. But how would a US recession impact global markets?
1: So if a recession were to happen, it would definitely have a significant impact on global markets because the US is the largest economy in the world Mm -hmm. and also a major trading partner for many countries. What we could see happening is an even more pronounced slowdown in global trade especially because the U.S. is the world's biggest importer. A recession will reduce the demand of goods and services across the globe and this will weigh on economic growth as well as GDP, Mm -hmm. which will then in turn affect the corporate earnings and then it will uh, end up affecting stock prices as well. Of course, uh, not all global stock markets will be affected equally.
2: Mm.
1: Markets with a higher correlation with the U.S., such as Canada, who has a positive correlation of about 0.67 to the U.S., will be more greatly impacted by U.S. recession compared to Japan, for example, Uh who has a correlation of just 0.1 to the U.S.,
0: Okay. Okay. Well, you know, despite these calls for a possible U.S. recession, you know, the Fed says it's not done with its hiking cycle just yet. I mean, there there have been several hawkish comments from Fed officials in recent days. We saw Michael Barr saying rates are likely at or very near at sufficient restrictive level, adding that the bigger question is how long they'll need to stay there. We had Michelle Bauman reiterating her view that multiple hikes may still be needed and she cited a continued risk from high energy prices. We also saw Loretta Mester saying that the Fed will likely need to raise rates once more this year and then hold it there for some time. So, how have markets reacted to these comments then and have they, you know, accepted now that interest rates are here for longer?
1: Yes, I think generally what we're seeing right now is that markets have been reacting negatively to all these hawkish comments as Uh, investors Mm -hmm. slowly come around to the fact that rates are most likely going to be held higher for longer. Mm -hmm. There has been an increase in risk of sentiment, especially as investors who were initially predicting uh, rate cuts early this year had to recalibrate their expectations. And if you recall earlier this year, uh, most uh, analysts like myself were actually expecting rate rate cuts by the end of 2023 Mm -hmm. or in early 2024. But right now, because the US economy is still very strong, uh, investors and analysts like myself have had to price out our expectations uh, of a recession or rate cuts. And right now, the markets are expecting rate cuts to only happen sometime in September 2024.
0: Okay, okay. I mean, it's more evident in bond markets that traders are back focusing on that path ahead for interest rates and what U.S. policymakers have been repeating all year, which is that higher for longer interest rates are here to stay. So taking a look at treasuries here, Danish, what are they pricing in? Do they see another rate hike in November?
1: Well, Treasury yields have risen. Uh, mm-hmm. The 10-year yields uh, are at the highest level yeah. since the global financial crisis, around 4.8%. And really up until recently, people were again, they were expecting a recession to happen. Uh-huh. So they were expecting uh, some form of a uh, rate cuts down the road. And this expectation of rate cuts actually helped to push the long-term yields, such as the 10-year yields, down.
2: Uh-huh.
1: But right now, with the US economy still being very resilient, uh, markets have started to price out recession risks as well as the expectations for rate cuts because they believe that the economy can handle higher interest rates. Uh-huh. So what we've been really seeing since early September is what the fixed income world will call, uh, we'll call it a bearish steepening of uh-huh. the yield curve. So this is where long-term yields, like the 10-year yield, it will increase at a faster rate compared to shorter-term yields, like the 3-month yield which is right now hovering around 5.5%. So this bearish steepening of the yield curve, it typically tells us that the market expects inflation to remain elevated. Mm-hmm. And consequently, interest rates are also expected to remain higher for longer. And rate cuts are unlikely to happen anytime soon. But again, uh, right now, uh, you know, after yesterday's jobs data, mm-hmm. the markets and investors they have actually raised the odds of a November rate hike to about 33%, okay. up from about 16% last week. Oh. So the odds are still leaning towards yeah. no rate hikes next month. But uh, uh, the market is also pricing in about oh. a 46% chance
2: uh-huh. of a
1: hike in December.
2: Okay. So
1: again, the interest rate trajectory uh, overall still looks very unclear. Um,
0: Mm, I see, I see. But, you know, with treasuries increasing, how is the current movement in treasuries affecting
1: equity markets? So equities have historically had an inverse relationship with treasury yields. And this is because uh, higher treasury yields mm. offer investors with an alternative investment in the form of treasury bonds or T-bills. And for a more local context, you can think of it as a uh, for example, our fixed deposit accounts. Uh, when interest rates were rising, the fixed mm-hmm. deposits were returned. They had very attractive rates. And what happens is that you know, when yields increase, this will increase competition mm-hmm. and investors may reallocate their capital towards treasuries. Uh, more importantly, uh, higher yields are also very bad for tech and growth stocks.
2: Mm-hmm. Because
1: most of the sky-high valuations of tech and growth stocks comes from investors expecting significant profit growth in the future. Mm. But uh, when they are higher yields, this will result in a lower present value of all these future expected cash flows because they will be discounted at a higher discount rate. Mm. So uh, all this sounds pretty complicated, but this is a key part of what we call the discounted cash flow valuation model. And it's probably the most widely used Uh, valuation model uh, Mm. in the entire industry so as long as treasury yields remain high uh, generally uh, we can expect equities to remain under pressure
0: Mm. okay okay so with this backdrop then danish what does this tell us about investor sentiment at the moment will this be another month of sell-offs or can october still see a bounce back in markets so i
1: think that the fact that we haven't seen any substantial rally, mm-hmm. even after the US averted a uh, government shutdown, actually tells us a lot about where investor sentiment is at the moment.
2: Mm.
1: There's a lot of uncertainty surrounding the interest rate trajectory, as well as the state of the US economy and labor market. Mm-hmm. And these are things that I believe will most likely determine the market direction over the coming weeks. Mm. So I would say that the chance of a bounce back is pretty low. Okay. I still see a lot of uh, challenging. Uh, macro fundamentals as well as headwinds for equity markets.
0: And speaking of which, then is there a chance for regional markets to perform better this month than its you know Western counterparts, or will they move in accordance? I mean, we saw more signs of stabilizing in China's economy with its manufacturing sector rebounding. Could that push regional equities to see a better month?
1: In the performance of regional equities will most likely remain weak.
2: Mm. And
1: uh, although we have seen some encouraging signs of improving fundamentals in China,
2: mm-hmm. the Hang
1: Seng Index actually fell as much as 3.4% yesterday. Yeah. And this is after their public ho- holiday on Monday. And this is very important because regional stock markets such as Indonesia, Philippines, Australia, and even Singapore, we actually correlate more with the Hang Seng Index
2: mm-hmm. than
1: the S&P five hundred. For example, Mm -hmm. the Straits Times Index, the STI, it actually has a positive correlation Mm -hmm. of about 0.4 with the Hang Seng Index compared to just around uh, 0.27 with the S&P 500. Mm -hmm. Uh, So recently, uh, we we have also heard some banks turning bullish on Chinese equities because Mm -hmm. they believe that the market is nearing or at a bottom. Mm
2: -hmm. But I believe
1: that until the issues in the property sector is properly resolved, Uh, we are very unlikely to see any substantial rebound. Mm -hmm. And it's very important as well because the property sector accounts for about 30% of China's GDP and is the single biggest contributor to the economy. And so far up to now, uh, the property sector hasn't really showed any signs of recovery, Mm -hmm. especially given all the headlines we've seen or heard regarding property developers like uh, Country Garden and Evergrande.
0: Right. Okay, so Danish, in your personal view, since you don't think that we'll see a rebound in October, will the October effect take play and we'll see a nosedive in markets this month? I think
1: a uh, nosedive will really depend on the upcoming economic data. Uh-huh. Uh, so this brings me to a point, uh, I think a very key event will be mm. this Friday, mm. uh, non-farm payrolls. Okay. Uh, right now, estimates are pointing to a decline in job growth. Uh-huh. But if we were to see a higher-than-expected reading, just like what we saw with yesterday's uh, job openings numbers, uh-huh. it could actually you know, further strengthen the Fed's higher-for-longer narrative mm. and again spark a negative reaction in the stock market. Okay. And if that's the case, uh, the October stock market performance I believe could end up being worse than even September as
0: well. Oh dear. Okay. Well, I guess we'll have to take a look out for that. Well, thank you so much, Danish, for your time and your insights today.
1: Thank you. It's great to be here as well. Thank
0: you. We've been speaking with Danish Lim, who is the market analyst at Philip Nova. I'm Hong Bin Jung, and this has been Money in the Market. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg.